one, two, brought books and booze. This is your host, Jamie. And Monica. Hello, hello. Hello. So we're starting off season five with a new theme. Which I'm super excited about. I think that we can really get a lot of good, um, different variety of books with that topic. Yeah. So I was searching up different books about identity because that was the theme that I chose. And I'm like, oh, I read a lot of books that have identity as a theme. I'm like, let's find 12 I haven't read. (laughs) (laughs) Well, finding 12 books we haven't read is hard anyways. I mean, not that we've read all the books in the world, but you know. (laughs) We both read a lot of books. We read things that don't overlap. So it does get a little bit difficult sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I found our first book is Behaving Like Adults. By Gretchen Anthony. I thought that this book was delightful. (laughs) I enjoy this book so much. Yes. And it was, you know, it had a serious enough subject matter, but also I found the characters to be really likable and whimsical and um, interesting. And I just thought it was a really great book. I found the characters so well created and drawn out that they all had a voice inside my head. So I'm reading yeah. the book, but it felt like I was listening to an audiobook because I could hear all of their voices. Every one of them had a voice. Cool. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. It was, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed the book. So at the end of the book, there are questions for discussion provided by the publisher. So I'm going to read those out to us. Mm -hmm. So the first one is, Violet is a matriarch with a high expectations and very specific taste who greatly values her social standing and family history. Why do you think these are so important to Violet? Why do you think she constantly needs to feel in control? And how did your feelings about Violet and her actions change as the novel progressed? Well, I would say the last bit of that question is probably the most important. I mean, my opinion of her changed greatly from the beginning of the book to the end of the book. And she, her kind of idiosyncrasies with her need to be just so and, you know, worried about her family's reputation and this and that kind of became more of like endearing and her way to show love to her family and less, um, like, irritating to me, like it was in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, and I think that the trauma she experienced when her dad died and how his reputation was just ripped apart and her mom was like, well, you know, that happens. Yeah. Really kind of, like, made a huge impact on her for her life after that. Yeah, she was very... Um, she, She always built up her husband and was so proud of her husband and so proud of her daughter and very supportive. And, um, I think she just got carried away with this. We have to be perfect and we have to look perfect to everybody. Mm -hmm. And it kind of became its own monster. (laughs) True. Yeah. True. I I agree. So, um, you're going to hear a lot of clinking today. I made us some drinks. Uh, we're just going to call them the Jamie special. So uh, two dashes of uh, bitters, a dash or a heavy, a heavy dash of vanilla, some very local honey, 
along with a couple of ounces of bourbon and ice. And it's delightful. I have a little bit of a cold working on, so I'm taking this as medicine. <laughs> Medicinal. Exactly. So our second question. Discuss the evolution of Cersei's relationship, or Charisse's, sorry, relationship with her mother. How does it change over the course of the book? Are there aspects that remain the same? How do they... How do their perspectives on family evolve? Um, I really, I really liked their relationship. I think that Cerise was a little bit, um, she was a strong character. And she, it's not like she was hiding who she was, but she was also very deferential to her mother. And, and to her, it was almost like, well, this is just who my mom is. This is how I respect my mother, by letting her be crazy. Exactly. And she was, um, she dealt with her mother in a very passive way. Like, she's just going to ignore those things about her mother that she doesn't like, rather than standing up for herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Barb finds that very frustrating and mm-hmm. gets really angry with her. Which Barb has a very strange relationship with her parents, so I'm like, back off, lady. Well, <laughs> I really related to this. Like Barb kind of reminded me of Matt, and and then Cerise kind of reminded me of myself. I I used to be a lot more like that, and I still am, I guess. And it frustrates him if I just let people like get away with things, which to me aren't really bothersome. Um, I'm okay with just letting those things go. At least I think so. But, you know, he becomes very outraged and upset for me. <laughs> Which is his way of caring. <laughs> kind of like Barb, you know. She was really just, like, looking out for her partner's best interests, you know. Right, right. She was yeah. like, I want you to put us first, not your mom dictate our lives. Right. And she's like, that's just how mom is. Ignore. It's right. fine. Right. And Barb's like... No, it's not fine. And, you know, I just read something not too long ago, and I really think that it that it is not fine. And I know that we've talked about this a lot with the Brene Brown books, that you're able to be a better and kinder person the more boundaries that you have. And so really what Barb was saying to her was you need to have some boundaries, right. which she did not. Not, not strong ones. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. So the unexpected news of Charisse's pregnancy brings Violet's world crashing down, literally. Do you think Violet's reaction to the news would have been different if Charisse was straight? In what ways does her being gay affect her relationship with her parents? Do you believe them when they say they already knew she was gay? I definitely believe they knew. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that they're just a very because of that we worry about what people think theme of their family which a lot of families have it was just like this unspoken thing it didn't mean she loved her any less or anything yeah it was just if i ignore it then nobody will notice <laughs> and i think that i think that was more of the mom the dad just is wasn't really around to pay much attention to have much of an opinion or think about yeah he worked a lot you know so the book starts out when at his retirement yeah his his 30-year retirement yeah and he missed out most of her life 
being not being able to see these things. He's like, oh, I didn't know Sharice did that. I didn't know she did this. And and Violet was like, you were working. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that the baby, um, the baby shocker had less to do with her being gay than um, than it had to do with. Uh, you know, not her not wanting the grandchild or anything like that. I think it was more of her getting nervous about all the questions she was going to have to start fielding. That's that is leaves it to like a non ignorable point. <laughs> and, and having it so public as you know, being told it's not like she can just you know, field out how this goes with mm-hmm. a couple of people in her social standing. And then, you know, make a broader announcement. It's like, oh, hello, everybody. Here's news. Well, and so that's what Rhonda, it was Rhonda. Right, right. Stands up and is like, oh, you know, speech time. Yay, you're going to be grandparents. And they didn't know. And then she literally passes out. And at first I thought it was funny, but she was actually really quite injured. Uh, severe concussion. Yeah. And, but... Just the fact that this party was so perfect and everything was just so... Fancy and elegant. Yes. And at the beginning of the book, you're a little more... You're not as warmed up to Violet. So, like, when she has her fall, you're kind of like, you know? But then as it goes on, like, she really is injured, you know? And then I started feeling bad. Like, uh, over a year recovery for her just to be able to drive. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. So Violet is forced into an uncomfortable isolation after her accident. How does this affect her? Does it affect her social standing? Or does she only believe that it does? Would she have behaved differently during Sharice's pregnancy if the accident had not occurred? I feel she would have behaved very differently had the accident not occurred. I think she would have been a lot more over-involved and uninvitedly involved. (laughs) (laughs) but you know as it was she didn't have permission to do a lot of things you know she had to rest and had to let people help her and she was one of those people who you know took charge of everything so it was really hard for her to lose again that control over things right and I she's the oldest of four with three younger brothers so I I'm like, oh, I get why you're such a control freak. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I don't think it really affected her social standing as much as she thought it did. And I think that she had um, some pretty good, like, genuine friendships that you don't really realize until as you get on a little farther in the book. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 her friend coming over and scrubbing her. That's what her, I was thinking her of. Floors and her baseboards. I'm like, can you do it a little more gently over there, please? <laughs> she's mad at her husband, so she's like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. Like, you don't have to scrub the floor. Really, you don't. <laughs> <clears throat> at various points in the book, Barb encourages Sharice to be more honest and direct with her parents. Yet the behavior of her own family comes as a surprise to everyone. Do you think she would have been able to follow her own advice? How does her family and history affect her vision of herself as a mother? I thought Barb's parents were probably one of the best. That was one of the best. So comic. Oh, (laughs) hilarious. And I feel 
Like, Barb really was direct with her parents. And she also, though, what I found was great about her is she didn't identify so much with her parents where she took that shame on herself how they acted. She was just like, hey, I told you so. Right. (laughs) You know? You brought this... Yeah, but when they had the dinner and the mom, um, Barb's mom put a little pill in her wine bottle, and then Violet's friend was accidentally drinking her wine. It, <laughs> She's like all over the place. Oh my oh gosh. gosh, the funniest, funniest scene in the and whole book. The lamb flying across the entire thing. Oh my when god! When Rhonda shows up late and Violet loses her shit and is like, "You ruin everything." <laughs> launches a lamb chop right at her. <laughs> yeah, the best. That was, was the funniest scene in the like, whole book. Like, that's when I really started to like Richard because he was like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> He was like, yep, I'm just going to watch it burn. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, that broke. That's another $1,000. <laughs> oh, it was fantastic. Oh, my gosh. It was probably the best part of the book. Yeah. <clears throat> Discuss the ways in which parenthood alters Sharice and Barb's relationship. What issues does it force them to address? What strengths and weaknesses does it reveal? Hmm, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, so, like, um, Barb gets really angry at Sharice because of her mother coming in, butting in, making these decisions, except especially the uh, decorating of the nursery. And so she's like, not they're not communicating they're not talking so then they're like oh crap how are we going to be good parents how are we going to be able to navigate this this is like one small step into parenthood what 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 are we going to do i think the big turning point that was really funny is when um you know cerise is like really happy this whole time and she's like oh i'm making a baby and you know everything's great and then she just had this, like, started having this crashing realization, like, you know, we're grown adults. We can't even keep the house clean. How are we going to take care of a baby, you know? So I think between her panicking and um, they just kind of lost track of their communication for a while and kind of lost track of what was important, I guess. Right, but right. they figured it out. They did. And then I love how Violet's like, I have two daughters. And Barb didn't have a good mom, so I need to be a role model for her, for her motherhood. And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like that's so sweet. I'm like, I love you, Violet. I know. I she really grows on you, doesn't she? She does. Yeah. <clears throat> it seems like everyone was keeping a secret at some point in the book, such as Cerise and her pregnancy, Richard and his band, Rhonda and her Watchers scheme. <clears throat> Are there any secrets that you felt were justified? Do you think keeping secrets always has consequences? Do most families keep secrets from each other? Well, let's just say that Richard's band Hair Supply, (laughs) an Air Supply cover band, was also genius. Hilarious. Hilarious. And the whole time, you think he's the one sabotaging his son, Right, and you're like, it doesn't make any sense. Why would he be doing that? And then, like, the wig and the crazy clothes. And it's just like... 
and he's sneaking away and you know the wife's like he's he can't possibly be having an affair like i'm not worried about that but what is he doing <laughs> so that was fantastic and a great secret and i feel like that was a justifiable secret because if he would have flopped and failed at it it would have really hurt his ego and he would have been embarrassed. I feel like he wasn't hiding it from her. He was just kind of testing it out to see if he could do it. Well, he had just come from a layoff of a very high-profile, high-paying job Yeah. to being unemployed and then having to realize that he couldn't find a regular job. Everybody that he applied to is like, no, yeah, yeah we're not interested. Thanks. Right. Next. And so he had to come up with something creative to bring in income. Yeah. So he felt like he wasn't providing for his family anymore, especially with this big wedding looming. Yeah. And Rhonda, like, increasing expensive taste and everything. So I would, I felt for Richard. Yeah. And he definitely very much cared about his family and cared about his son and was definitely watching out for his best interest. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the other secrets, I mean, her keeping the, the pregnancy secret from Violet, I think that's just, in the kind of relationship she had with her mother, she probably still felt like a little girl. So, like, telling your mom you're pregnant is not an easy thing to do when you have that kind of a dynamic in your relationship, maybe. So, I think they did have secrets, but I don't think that they were, like, big nasty secrets. No, no. Yeah. I'm not a very good secret keeper, so I'm like, I don't really identify with that sort of like uh when my mom was pregnant with my sister my dad's like don't tell anyone and we'll just go back to michigan with the baby and i was like okay <laughs> and like three days later she's like whoa i'm pregnant <laughs> <laughs> that would be me <laughs> <laughs> yeah it probably took that long for her to have a phone call with her mom that's why you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at first edward and richard seem like opposites what characteristics do they share? What do they respect about each other? And how does their friendship serve them? So I think at the beginning of the book, you don't really realize what good of friends this couple is with each other. Right. Yeah. Um. So I think you start to discover that more towards the end. And, you know, they're both like old fashioned kind of guys. And Edward is like, oh, hey, you know, I am not doing a good job fixing this faucet and I I saw you and I think you know can you help me with some odd jobs and he's like look man it's not what you think but I'll help you fix your faucet you know like I've seen you getting cash at Home Depot parking lot I know you're just doing odd jobs for the family because I heard about you know what's going on yeah it's so sweet it's so sweet that's like very man sweet isn't it yeah and and he was like oh that's that's not what I thought he was thinking. And he's like, huh, I see Ed in a whole different light now. And he's like, huh. Yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Discuss the reveal that Kyle is the one who helped Barb and Sharice become parents. Were you surprised? No. Neither was I. <laughs> Do you think Rondo is justified in ending the relationship? Also no. Also no? <laughs> In your opinion, would their relationship have even worked out if Rhonda hadn't found out? Also no. Also no. (laughs) And I like how Kyle was like, I think that it was part of me like self-sabotaging this. I didn't want this relationship to continue. I'm like, 100% believe that. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, they they definitely were not a good match. No, and they hadn't dated very long before mm-hmm. they were engaged. And yeah, and she was very self serving, and she was, you know, using him um, to like further her career, and she was just the piece work, anyways. So it worked out for the best for him. It did. Yeah, I felt a little bit sad for him at the end. I was like, oh. Everyone else ends up, like, happy at the end of the book, but poor Kyle, he's just over there lonely with his business. <laughs> well, but he has his passion, which is helping the um, underprivileged people in other countries so that they can have glasses and things. So that was his passion. Yeah. Maybe he'll meet someone nice there. I would <laughs> hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Do any of the characters resemble real people in your life? Which character did you relate to the most? Who would you... You most like to have a friend. Um, I don't know if I could specifically point out, oh, this person is exactly like someone I know. I think we all know and can all think of people who like generally share those kind of characteristics. Um, I would like to think that I would be friends with Barb or Kyle the most. They seemed the most sincere. And um I and I do like Barb's directness and her honesty and everything. I thought that she was pretty great. Mm, I used to work for eye doctors, so I was like, oh, I would probably be friends with Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this part. <clears throat> Why are Violet's Christmas letters critical to the book? What do you think the discovery about them at the end says about Violet? What does it say about Edward and about their marriage? Do you ever write or receive holiday letters? Okay, you're excited about this one. You go ahead. So I, I, reading the letters throughout the book made me think that Violet was so pompous. And I was just like, oh, she's one of those people. And then um, she talks about their uh, fertility problems of, of having a baby. And I was like, oh. That well, was a little heartwarming, wasn't was like, it? Oh, maybe, maybe you're not so bad. And. And, but then still you're sort of like, oh, you're one of those people that sends out holiday letters? Huh. And like... Because they were so drippingly, like, you know, all about... It was almost bragging, kind of. Yeah. All the amazing things we've done this year with our lives. Right. And like, look how amazing we all are. Yeah. And then at the end, it's like, she never mailed them. Yeah. And uh, she thought... It said, even in, she said, you know, I thought, you know, do people even want to know this stuff about us? And am I being ridiculous? I mean, (laughs) right then and there, I loved her. Right. You know, because she is proud of her husband and she's proud of her daughter and she's proud of her family. And she probably did very much want to share all these things with people. But then she second guessed herself and. You know, what other people... And again, it comes back to what other people would think about her. Right. But she was still spending money on this, like, super fancy paper, like, 100 copies for, like, 30 years. And Edward's, like, sort of, like, therapy for her is fine. (laughs) I mean, he is so unflappable, you know? And he's like, yeah, if it makes her happy. I mean, it's one closet in the house. Big deal. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it was great. I thought it was great. I've never sent out a holiday letter. Um, when the kids were small, um, even all the way through school, 
I sent Christmas cards out every year, even to extended family and stuff, um, for quite a while. Um, I probably recently only stopped, like, within the last 10 years, and I would always put the kids' school pictures in it. But that was about the extent that I've ever done. Same. Yeah. Same. I, I don't... I know my grandmother used to write letters, and, like, reading about yourself in them, I'm like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this, especially because you didn't ask me if this could be put in here. Yeah. So I had, like, mixed feelings about the whole thing. Yeah. Because I'm like, if you're going to include stuff about me, shouldn't you ask, hey, do you mind if I put this in a holiday letter to everyone? Yeah, no. Yeah. Okay, so our last question. Yes. What will, what will you remember the most about this book? Oh, gosh i mean it's got to be hair supply and 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 the christening which we didn't even speak of the christening Uh, of the baby was also another hilarious hilarious part in the book where barb's parents were ridiculous and the the pastor got punched in the nose probably by violet like it was hilarious so i would say please show up yes yes (laughs) I'll remember a lot about this book. What about you? <laughs> I, I think it has to be when Violet throws that lamb chop at Rhonda. <laughs> Why do you have to ruin everything? Just that control Um, she always has cracking. That was yeah. great. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. So highly recommend, I think, from both of us for this book. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, the book takes place in the Midwest, which I thought was super nice. They're um, they're set in Minnesota, and apparently uh, the author is like, yeah, that was really important to me. I had moved away for 20 years, and then we moved back, and uh, she said that, oh, I'm going to read what she wrote. Everything non-Minnesotans say about us is true. We managed to be both passive-aggressive and genuine, Outwardly nice and subtly cutting, unwilling to admit the, to the cold, while equally preoccupied by the weather. <laughs> yeah, that sounds kind of like Michigan, too. I was thinking that. I was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty similar here. I'm like, man, this is why I like this book so much. Yeah. So, two thumbs up. Definitely. Uh, any parting thoughts? I don't think so. Just that I'm really glad that this book came up on our list because it is definitely not one I would have read. And I was also surprised. I think that the the reviews were more towards like three stars. And I was really surprised by that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a a newer author and a Mm. newer book too. Oh, yeah. So don't always trust those reviews, I guess. Right. And so like identity, how did that fit in? It was like, you know... What does it mean to be a mother? What does it mean to be a daughter? Was it like to have a relationship with your parents mm-hmm. as a child and versus like growing up? So, I mean, the identity thing really fit well. And there's a lot of introspection from all the characters. Definitely. So. All right. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Bye. Bye.